What's up, everyone? Welcome to the AEW Collision Post Show for January 20th, 2024. It is Denise Salcedo, and we actually have a pretty damn good show to talk about here today. Uh, I got to tell you, I was very excited um, that... Not only would I be here to cover Collision, but also I really liked the lineup of matches that were announced ahead of time. And I felt that for the most part, this show delivered here tonight. And on top of that, I'm kind of a little bit excited because prior to Collision ending, they basically announced a bunch of matches for AEW Dynamite that like I was not expecting. So now I'm hyped for AEW Dynamite, which is obviously, you know, a couple days away. But um, not only that, but we also have an announcement from Tony Khan that rankings are back in AEW. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that and then also what went down here on Collision. So I'm actually going to start off by talking about some of the stuff that was announced for Dynamite next week. So we're going to be getting... Jeff Hardy versus Swerve Strickland, Penta and Cero Miedo versus Hangman Adam Page. I'm so stoked for that one. We're going to be seeing a face-to-face -face confrontation between Tony Storm and Deanna Perrazzo, or Deanna Perrazzo, or whatever it is that freaking Tony Storm likes to call her. And we're also getting, um, we're going to be having Sting and Dorby are going to be there. And we're getting Minoru Suzuki versus guess who? Adam Copeland. <laughs> All of it feels kind of random, but I'm here for it. It's like the surprise matches that you really weren't expecting. And then all of a sudden they're happening and you're like, oh shit. Um, so that's pretty freaking cool. So I love the way that we're um I'm looking forward to dynamite this coming Wednesday. But Tony Khan has announced that the rankings are back in AEW. And I got to tell you, um, I'm kind of excited for the rankings coming back primarily because it's something that I associate AEW with. Like in my mind, even though they really weren't focusing on the rankings as much as they have been in the past, obviously, like in my mind, they kind of conditioned me to do that on my own. And so I feel like a lot of the fans might have felt that way where like, even though they weren't going out and being like, oh, the rankings, the rankings, the rankings, everybody was still looking at people's records when it comes to the, when they would show them on the little, uh, the lower thirds on the screen, the title cards. Um, Sorry, yeah, the name cards, excuse me, name plates. So many names, lower thirds on their lower thirds. Um all the time getting to see those records on there. And those were something that I paid attention to. But now that they're making it more official in terms of like really, really promoting the rankings like they were back then, I think that's better because I feel like sometimes a lot of talent gets forgotten about. And I feel like if we're constantly talking about certain rankings, certain talent is not going to get forgotten about. And I feel like AEW has already put so much significance into wins and losses that I don't feel like we didn't care about them during this time. But I feel like we're going to care even more now that we know the rankings are back. So I'm personally excited that the rankings are coming back. I'm curious to see what you, the chat here, and everybody watching and listening thinks about that. So let me know. Uh, we got Raphael Smith who says, I'm shocked. Minoru Suzuki versus Adam Copeland. I can't wait for next Wednesday night. Um, It's going to be kind of crazy. Delara says that it was kind of pay-per-view worthy uh, for Dynamite next week. With the matches announced, hell yeah, Christopher is excited for Penta versus Adam Page. Uh, it seems like people are talking going into this episode of Dynamite. And I also want to thank Sheldon Jackson for gifting us 
five DWO memberships. Thank you so much to Sheldon Jackson. Rafael Garcia sends in a super chat saying, my only goal in life is to have a consistency that is as strong as Eddie Kingston's hate of Claudio. <laughs> Bro, Eddie Kingston in this main event went freaking balls out crazy, just like chopping Claudio. And we know that Eddie Kingston does that. Eddie Kingston loves his chops, man. But he went in on Claudio and was just like, freaking going hard on him he was chopping them freaking faster than a freaking chef chopping onions on a freaking busy afternoon um and so that was really cool to see in the main event matchup for sure thank you so much to rafael garcia for sending in that super chat all right so right off the bat we had some good stuff to talk about but we need to get into this episode of aew collision now I thought that for the most part, this this episode of Collision was way stronger than the last one that I covered. And last week, I'm trying to remember if I covered. Oh, no, last week I didn't cover Collision only because I was watching Hard to Kill. So it was the week before that that I covered Collision that I wasn't too crazy about the show. And it was the first Collision of 2024, and I really wasn't that impressed. So I kind of went into today's Collision going like, oh, man, they better not drag their feet on today's show. I want to enjoy myself. I'm taking my Saturday to actually tune in to watch Collision. I want it to be good. So I was pleasantly entertained through out the entire evening um so i'm gonna start things off in order of i think of what i want to get into the most so let's just go with it uh, i'm gonna kick things off with the main event so the main event was brian danielson and claudio castagnoli versus eddie kingston and ortiz now this was cool because there was this was a fire main event guys uh, we were just talking about it with rafael who sent in that super chat talking about eddie kingston's hatred of claudio castagnoli um this was very fun like big moments of course claudio goes out there hits his big swing eddie like i mentioned doing like machine gun level uh chops to freaking Claudio Castagnoli and there was a moment where Ortiz had a really cool sort of like a cannonball type of dive that he did on the outside I was a big fan of that but Brian and Claudio get this victory and even afterwards we see Brian super pissed he's like spitting in the face of Eddie Kingston and I want to see this heat up even more like I know we've seen Brian Danielson and Eddie Kingston quite a bit uh in the past but I feel like this can get even more heated between both of these guys because the big thing that I've been sort of struggling with on collision and even today, even though we had a lot of good matches and we had some decent little stories here and there that have been playing out, I still feel like I don't know what to expect when I go into collision. I still feel like they really got to come up with even bigger, better stories on the collision side of things. Because when I tune into collision, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to wait and see what happens versus, oh, I'm looking forward to seeing how they're going to follow up with this story or how they're going to follow up with that story. And so I think that's the only element of collision right now that is still missing for me is that I want to know that if I tune into collision, they're going to follow up on big stories that I care about. And I think that's the one thing that I want to see more of on collision. But either way, it was a strong main event and I want to see them continue to do more um heating up with the story between Brian Danielson and Eddie Kingston. I know, like I said, they've wrestled each other be plenty before, but I still want to uh, see, I think, a bigger story coming out of this. Um, all right, so 
Speaking of some interesting stuff that came out of today's show, we had the Ring of Honor trios champs, the Guns and Jay White versus, um, excuse me, not versus, they had a segment with the acclaimed. But here's the big thing that came out of this. Now, for the last couple of weeks, it was sort of weird because we were seeing the acclaimed kind of want to befriend uh, Bullet Club Gold. And for the most part, it sort of felt random. And I'm thinking like, why do they always want to try to find friends? Like they were trying to link up with MJF. Then they were trying to link up here with the Bullet Club Gold. Why can't they just be happy on their own threesome? Like, come on now, they've got enough going on with the acclaimed. Uh, well, that's what I was thinking prior to this. But I get what they're doing here. They really, really, I think AEW really saw something in being able to promote the Bang Bang Scissor Gang because today, January 20th, 2024, the Bang Bang Scissor Gang was officially born because the guns are going, I mean, sorry, the Bullet Club's out, Bullet Club Gold's out there. They're talking about hyping themselves up they point out that juice robinson isn't there they bring out the little cutout which was cute because we always see juice robinson with the jay white cutout but this time they had the juice robinson cutout and so then we they're confronted by the acclaimed and the acclaimed come out there and they're basically telling them we should be a super group man we want to see Billy Gunn hold some gold. We want to see Jay White become champion. Um, they were basically saying all of the right things to persuade Bullet Club Gold into saying yes to this uh, partnership between the two. And after a little bit of stalling, they decided to go with it. They freaking scissor. And all of a sudden, we got the birth of the Bang Bang Scissor Gang. Now, don't get me wrong, guys. I'm looking forward to this. I really, really am looking forward to this. I think they're going to do some funny stuff because Bullet Club Gold is funny. The acclaimed is funny. I think the comedic standpoint and all of this will work out very nicely. But here's the but in this for me, guys. And I'm just going to be real. Give it to you guys straight. Jay White needs to be involved in a bigger story. This, to me, is not the level at which I thought they were going to be presenting Jay White on AEW. To me, look, I'm nearly choking just talking about this. <laughs> to me, this just feels like a real step down in terms of what we were seeing Jay White do pre previously before AEW and then coming into AEW, feuding with MJF. Like that started out hot, right? It's Jay White, MJF. Oh shit, this is a big deal. And to me, it just kind of went downhill. Like, I just don't think that it's a big enough deal. And I feel like Jay White needs to be involved with, like, bigger and better storylines because that's the kind of talent that he is. So I'm going to be patient. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to be patient. They even teased him, um, you know, possibly someday becoming a W world champion. I liked that because I don't want them to forget that. But I... Along the way, as, while they're doing this whole bang, bang, scissor gang thing, I want them to truly still push Jay White as a singles competitor. Even though he is a Ring of Honor Trios champion, I don't want them to forget that Jay White is a main event 
player. And I think given the way that the storyline with MJF went, it wasn't necessarily 10 out of 10, man. Uh, and so I feel like that sort of impacted Jay White on AEW. And I don't want to see that. I want to see Jay White in bigger, better storylines with people. Um, top contenders, man. So that's where I'm at. I know I'm being negative Nancy here with I know everybody's going to have fun with the bang bang scissor gang and we're all going to have a great time and it's going to be funny. I'm going to laugh. You guys are going to laugh. But I want to see Jay White in serious main event type of matches with serious, awesome competitors having serious, awesome matches. So we'll see. Maybe I'm just a little bit like whatever we'll see what people are saying let's let's get the thoughts in let's see what you guys are saying Sheldon Jackson sends in a super chat saying it actually kind of makes sense since both Jay White and the acclaim were laid out by the undisputed kingdom both want to put hands on the undisputed kingdom I'm just waiting for it to be on site as it should as it should but I get what you're saying by both of these teams, you know, being taken out by the Undisputed Kingdom and all of that. That was sort of what brought them together. But I don't think that was enough to necessarily explain why they should totally be like this big super group, which is fine. It's fine. I'm just focusing right now and going, okay, but what else is what I'm saying here for JY? Like what else? So let's just not forget about the fact that Jay White is a big star. Let's not forget that and put him in these big matches. Um, thank you so much to Sheldon Jackson for sending this in. Vasco says he was just in the main event picture, though. That doesn't mean that he can't be going out there and having big deal matches still. Like this Ring of Honor Trios champs, to me, is not as big of a deal as what I thought Jay White would be doing in AEW. So we'll see what we got here. Um, all right, let's see what people are saying. Um, this is from Scoucher Boy who says Jay needs to be on the same level as Adam Cole with Adam being injured. It's a perfect time to push Jay. Um, Drew Turner says the turn is coming. Denise, just wait for juice. And we got MD89 who says, how come the Bang Bang Scissor Gang just let Roddy have a match without coming out and kicking some ass? I have no idea. Uh, Benoit Richter says they have, they like having multiple names. So Jay White could add the name of the golden scissor blade. <laughs> Um, Snap Grapple Pop says not nah, not everyone needs to be in the title picture all the time. He can do this for a while and hopefully they unify the two titles. I do hope they unify the two titles. Um, I do agree with that. But I like I said, I just don't want to see him in only trios matches. He needs to go out there and have singles matches with people of his caliber. What I'm getting at here. Uh Hunter Tillman says Jay White should be chasing the world title and that's sort of where we're at here. And this is from Randy, who says a portion of the audience don't know Jay White, who Jay White was when he came on the scene. I don't know. It's it's different with AEW people because I feel like they're pretty in tune with who people are outside of AEW. You have more of this hardcore audience. So I, I feel like a lot of people definitely knew who Jay White was. Maybe I'm wrong. Let me know in the comments if you didn't know who Jay White was. Let me know in the comments. We'll see. Um, all right. So um, let's go ahead and press on from here and get into a couple of more items that we got on Collision. Let's talk about John Moxley versus Shane Taylor. This was the opening match of the night. And this is one of those matches where you can really tell they wanted it to be um, they wanted it to be something special, something that you spoke about after the show. 
And I feel like John Moxley, Shane Taylor really went out there and were like, okay, what can we do really well? Well, we can be really freaking aggressive and hit each other really hard. And that's exactly what they went into this match doing. Um, this was a fun opener, man. Forearm shots, back and forth. Matt uh, Moxley doing all of the things that Moxley does. Punching, biting, you name it. Uh, King Kong lariats from John Moxley. And then my favorite part of him hitting the King Kong lariat was that Shane Taylor got him with one of his own, and that one looked pretty strong too. But my favorite part of this match, and it probably wasn't everybody's favorite part, but it was my favorite part because you guys know how I feel about a really strong headbutt. And Shane Taylor came at freaking Moxley with a freaking headbutt so freaking hard that it was like if his head was a thousand tons. Um, That's how impressive it was. And then he gets him with the knee. That was really cool. Eventually, John Moxley wins, but this was a fun matchup that I thought showcased Shane Taylor very well, and he mixed in very nicely um, with John Moxley. I think if you told a more, uh, if you told more of a story here with Shane Taylor and John Moxley, I think you could get something really special and maybe just show a little bit more of Shane Taylor's personality because I feel like I personally don't know enough of Shane Taylor's personality on the programming, and I think that's one of the elements that could be just shown a little bit more with Shane Taylor and they can tell an even bigger story with him and John Moxley if they wanted to. Um, but the big thing that came out of this after this match was John Moxley basically cutting this promo about being angry and pissed off, not wanting to take any crap from anybody and saying that everyone should keep up. And I'm like, all right. I get it. John Moxley's out there working left and right. All of these shows, all of these matches. Like I've lost track of all of the matches John Moxley has had like in the last year. Like this dude still has not taken his vacation. Um, so yeah, if he's going to come out here and tell people to catch up, uh, he's definitely onto something with that for sure. Uh, thank you so much to Canty, by the way, for sending in a super chat. Didn't write a message, but I still appreciate this very much. Alexis P says, nice blazer, Denise. It's actually a coat. Uh, it's funny because, well, you guys can't see my bottom half, but I'm wearing green pants. So I have a green shirt and green pants. <laughs> Honestly, I look like a celery stick right now. <laughs> I look like a vegetable. So I definitely had to uh, bring in a different color so that I wouldn't, I mean, it's not like you guys even knew. Nobody would have known this. Had I not said anything, nobody would have known that I'm wearing green pants and a green shirt. <laughs> oh, man. I screwed myself. Denise screwed Denise. Brandon James, thank you so much for the super chat. Brandon says, Sasha Banks, WWE Royal Rumble 2024 return update. Uh, man, Brandon, I don't think she's going to be at the Rumble. I don't think she's going to be at the Rumble. I don't want to, I don't want to ruin the hope here for you. I really don't want to do that, but I also don't want you to get your hopes up because I don't think she's going to be at the Rumble, dude. I don't think so. Don't hate me. We might, you know who I think we might see at the Rumble though? Trinity or Naomi rather. Uh, Naomi, I do think we'll see her at the Rumble, but just don't get your hopes up. Don't get your hopes up uh, or do or do. I don't know, whatever you want. Brandon James, thank you so much for the super chat. I appreciate it, man. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. MD89 says, salary Salcedo. Oh, God. Sheldon Jackson says, Denise the Little Green Giant. I'm not kidding you guys. I got green pants. <laughs> and they're literally the same shade of green. This is embarrassing. 
I look like, yeah, an avocado. People are saying avocado too. Just filling the greens here, guys. Filling the greens. All right, so Adam Copeland. He's been doing his open um, challenge matches. And this one, this one I was a fan of, guys. This one I was a fan of. It was Adam Copeland versus Dante Martin. And there are two big takeaways from this. The first one is in the match itself, of course, Adam Copeland got the win. You guys already knew that. You didn't need me to tell you that. But Dante Martin really went out there and just showed how not only how young he is, but how fast he is. We saw a lot of his speed here, which we've seen throughout all of his matches, all his tag team works. Anytime he's wrestled singles, we've seen that a whole lot from Dante Martin. But truly, he really went out there and just looked fresh, man. Uh, I love seeing him wrestle Adam Copeland. I had a really good time with this match. Like, this was a fun matchup. And I think that this serves, like, this is the type of match that I feel benefits Adam Copeland to actually do because here's the thing like when was it the last time we were talking about Adam Copeland um I kind of felt like the matchup that we were seeing wasn't necessarily something that I was so intrigued with for the last collision the first one that we covered and I thought I get what Adam Copeland's trying to do with working with the young talent and all of that uh it was him and Griff Garrison but given that we rarely seen Griff Garrison, I almost felt like it just didn't, um, I don't know, it, it just didn't feel like that big of a deal to me. And so when it was revealed today that it was Dante Martin, I'm like, oh, hell yeah. Why? Because Dante Martin, we've actually, you know, of course, you know, he was out for a huge period of time. But then when he came back and we've been seeing him so much more, uh, I feel because we know Dante Martin and Dante Martin and see him on the programming a lot more. It's just I feel like there's a purpose in this where like Dante Martin is going to benefit from being in this match with Adam Copeland. And so for that reason, I really enjoyed what they did here. But the other thing that I enjoyed here was that commentary kind of had me really shook here because, you know, Dante Martin's young. I'm not going to come out here and be like, oh, Adam Copeland's old. I'm not going to say that. But we know he's got more years on Dante Martin. But it really tripped me out, man, because commentary said something. They were like, Adam Copeland's career is longer than Dante Martin's life. And I'm like, for reals? And I Google what year Dante Martin is born. And he was born in 2001, guys. Holy damn. Holy damn. Sometimes I forget, like we know people are born every day, every single day, but it trips me out when people are born like, wait, this is going to sound really dumb, but it trips me out when people are like, oh yeah, I was born in 2000, 2001, 2002, 2005, 2010, 2015, whatever the hell new year in the 2000s you were born in. It trips me out because and it shouldn't because every people are born every day, but I'm like, damn, for the longest time. Anytime I would talk to people, oh, where were you born? Oh, I was born in 1992. Oh, I was born in 1995. I was born in 1997. I was born in 1999. I was born in the 80s. 
oh, you're old because you were born in the 80s. Oh, you're in the 90s? Cool, you were around the same age. And for the longest time, if you were born in the 90s, you were young. And it just went away. It went away. I'm saying this as a 90s baby. I felt like shit just thinking like, damn, I'm old. And it made me feel like crap. So <laughs> Dante Martin was born in 2001. I so many of you guys probably watching here, including myself, we're already watching wrestling. And Dante Martin um, wrestling Adam Copeland here into um, wrestling in 2024. I put this out there on Twitter, but in 2001, put this in perspective. We were seeing WrestleMania 17. We were seeing that freaking iconic TLC match where we saw Edge freaking spear Jeff Hardy off the top of the ladder while Jeff Hardy was hanging. Like, think about this, guys. And Dante Martin was barely born during that, and it makes me feel so depressed. <laughs> Bums me out, man. Bums me out. Like, 2001, what are we talking about, man? Um, oh, shit. So it's like we know this roster's young, but I don't think that sometimes it doesn't really hit us in terms of how young some of these people are. Uh, damn. And I'm only, what, eight, nine? I'm only... Nine years older than Dante Martin. Nine. And it makes me feel, though, like super old. And it's only nine years. Oh, God. Heart's pounding. Feeling terrible. Thank you so much to Brandon James, fellow 1992 baby. I'm with you, man. It's all about the 90s. Sorry to anybody else that wasn't in the 90s. <laughs> but anyway, actually, if I could have lived in any decade... It wouldn't have been the 80s. Oh, I would have loved to live in the 80s because I love the style. I love the music. The 80s. I would have definitely loved to have been around for that, but I was not. Oh, I was definitely not. Man. Melissa Bale says, what about the 70s? I wasn't really too into like 70s fashion. I really wasn't into 70s music. So 70s was really not my vibe. Christopher Marino says, can't wait for Adam Copeland next up and coming up with that young Suzuki fella. <laughs> oh, man. I can't believe they made that matchup, by the way. When I saw that, I'm like, I need to scrub my eyes or something. I'm not seeing this right. Adam Copeland versus Minoru Suzuki? What? Think about that. It's just wild. Uh, thank you so much to Christopher Marino for sending in that super chat, man. Um, all right. So let's go ahead and move on from here. I want to go ahead and get into this match here that Christopher Segovia just brought up. He says Thunder Rosa versus Queen Amanata tonight. That match was good and physical. So let's get to it. Thunder Rosa versus Queen Amanata. Now, I had just spoken about Queen Amanata when she wrestled Mariah May. And if you guys were here on that show, you guys recall me saying that was the first match I ever saw of Queen Amanatas. And so therefore, this was the second match that I've ever seen of Queen Amanatas. And just, or maybe the third, the second or the third. Um, Based on what I have seen from her, though, it's very exciting that she is getting to be shown a lot more. She This was her collision debut. Her collision debut. And when people were saying like she had been signed with AEW for like a while, I was shocked because I hadn't seen anything like of her. And so I'm thinking like, damn, where have you guys been hiding Queen Amanada? And I know that Reg said she had been doing some stuff, I think, on Ring of Honor or Dark or something like that. And I'm like, damn. But for those of us that only watch Dynamite and Collision, 
I feel like where have you been hiding her? So anyways, Queen Amanada, she went out there. She did a good job. She also, by the way, had a really good headbutt. Want to make sure I point that out because I really like that. Uh, her air raid crash. Really enjoyed that too. So she had some good moments. Her and Thunder Rosa had a really great back and forth throughout the entire thing. I thought this match was better than the one that she had with Mariah May. And that's saying a lot because I really did like that match that she had with Mariah. But this match that she had with Thunder Rosa was a little bit better. Um, As for Thunder Rosa, this was her first singles match back since she came back to uh, AEW. She looked freaking good, man. She looked fired up. She... um. She so she won this match with the Tijuana bomb, but afterwards she did like this little promo straight to the camera without a microphone. And she basically said that she's undeniable. She's unstoppable. All of these things. Right. But the thing that really caught me was she said that any champion is going to notice. And we've been wondering when is Thunder Rosa, if she's even going to get this rematch or not a rematch rather, but uh, a matchup for her AEW women's championship because the last time she was here she was the AEW women's champion so I kind of want them to circle back on that I would actually really like it if they did some sort of interview with her whether backstage in ring one of those because I did like that today we got John Moxley had a promo Adam Copeland had a promo uh I felt like a lot of the guys definitely had some you know promos just to catch people up on what they're doing I would have really liked to see one for Thunder Rosa uh again I know she had a couple of words to the camera but I would really like it if she said hey man I'm coming back for my championship or something um because this got me excited her basically saying any champion is gonna notice hmm all right what champion who are we talking about you know, I'm excited about that. So either way, this was a really, really uh, good match here, man. I really like that a whole lot. And uh, I will tell you guys, though, you know what else I really like a whole lot? I love my breakfast cereal, Magic Spoon. Check it out. My New Year's resolution is to cut back on sugar and add more protein to my diet to help me stay on track of my fitness goals this year. And Magic Spoon makes that easier and more delicious than ever. Magic Spoon comes in a variety pack. The four flavors are cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. This pack has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and four to five grams of net carbs. Only 140 calories a serving. It's high protein, has zero grams of sugar, keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. My favorite flavor is the fruity one. Head on over to magicspoon.com slash Denise to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use my promo code Denise at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, start the new year off right with a delicious bowl of high-protein cereal at magicspoon.com slash Denise and use the code Denise to save $5 off. <laughs> I love how everybody's pointing out the struggle for me to open the bag. Gets me every time too. To I should have done a double shot, but um, yeah, I probably should have. I probably should have redone that take. But you know what, though, you guys saw the real, true, honest me there struggling to open a cereal box. Um, 
by the way, I have all the flavors of Magic Spoon. So far, I've only tried the fruity ones, but I need to try the rest. I got peanut butter. I got the frosted one. Uh, I'll let you guys know how those go once I open them. I'm about to finish my fruity box, and then I'll move on to the other flavors. Because, you know, I like to keep my cereal nice and fresh. So, BTW, if any of you guys do get Magic Spoon, please let me know. Tweet me, tag me, hit me up. I like to know this stuff. Um. All right. So, by the way, Kegel 28 says, I love the interviews you've been putting out. Uh, who's the next one? So, I've been putting out like so many freaking interviews on this channel. It's kind of nuts. So get this, guys. This year, so far as of today, this is my 13th live stream this month. I have posted 20 videos plus 38 shorts on YouTube. That is like 71 pieces of video that have gone up in the last 20 days here on YouTube. And those include some really great interviews. I just posted the one that I did with Dustin Rhodes. Uh, everybody that's watched it keeps telling me that they wished it was longer and it was 48 minutes. Um, but we had a really great in-depth conversation about a lot of stuff, the stuff that he's doing on AEW, his uh, past career in WWE, just a little bit of everything. I also spoke with Gail Kim and she spoke a lot about the current product with TNA Wrestling having Ash by Al against the former Dana Brooke coming in. Uh, she spoke about the rebrand and stuff like that. I also spoke to the TNA, the new TNA world champion, Moose, and he talks about, you know, Nick Nemeth coming in, becoming champion for a second time, all of that. And I have way more interviews that have gone up, guys. I can't even remember all of them right now, but they're all up there. Ray Phoenix, Will Ospreay. Uh, I mean, there's so much content. Check it out, guys. I'm trying to get more interviews. Uh, Vod Cagle asked me, which is my next interview. Believe it or not, I got nothing on. I got nothing scheduled just yet, guys. I got nothing. I'll figure it out. This is what I do during the week. I try to figure out what I'm doing. Uh, so hopefully something cool comes up, but I'm not too stressed out because this week is Royal Rumble and I'm going to be at the Rumble. So I'm going to get a ton of content there. So that's the only reason I'm not as stressed out heading into the week because I know I got Rumble content coming up. So for that reason, kind of taking it easy until I get the Rumble stuff. Unless something comes up, then we'll see. Uh, but thank you so much to Vod Kegel for uh, complimenting that and, and asking us why well, I appreciate it, man. All right. So Let's see what we got here. There are about three more things we need to touch on. I want to get into the Tony Storm stuff. This was really quick. They played a quick little uh, video that I guess was shot after AEW Dynamite last week. And she basically finally acknowledged Deanna Perrazzo. She says, oh, I remember who she is now, apparently. And she even mentioned that she was envious of Deanna, Deanna's technical prowess. And I was like, What? Tony Storm saying she was envious of somebody else. I don't believe it. Um, that was pretty funny. And then I wish I would have written this down exactly the way she said it, but I can't rewind when I'm watching Collision. Usually I can rewind when I'm watching Raw, NXT, and Dynamite. I cannot rewind when I'm watching Collision. Apparently today, for some reason, it was just acting up. And I can't rewind when I'm watching SmackDown. Those are the two shows I cannot rewind in. Collision. So Tony Storm said something about like her magnetic sexuality. I don't even know what she said, but it was kind of funny that she was like, I was envious of her technical prowess, but we all know that I have this magnetic sexuality. And I'm like, oh, that went in a totally different direction than I was expecting you to uh, go in. And she touched on it really quick. And then she like, 
bounced right into something else. So I thought that was funny. But then she went on to talk about how she's going to eat Deanna Perrazzo. I'm telling you guys, I really wish I would have been able to rewind so I could hear this again. Uh, but Tony Storm, man, she just be coming up with some stuff where I'm like, where do you get this material? Uh, she's got some really good lines. Um, she just makes everything funny. She honestly makes everything funny. Like she just said, oh, I'm going to go eat my pork dinner. And I laughed because of the way she said it. And I'm like, it's not really that funny that you're going to go eat pork dinner. But it was funny because she said it and it, she made it funny. So that's what I'm saying. John Deller says the pork got comment got me. Exactly. It's not even that funny. But the way she said it made it funny. It was really just her delivery of that. She's like, I'm going to go have my pork dinner. I'm like, okay, go get your pork dinner, girl. Go get your pork dinner. <sighs> Been great stuff there. But speaking of great stuff, Daniel Garcia, Buddy Matthews. This was possibly one of the best matches of the night. Hmm, let me think about this really quickly. Was this the best match of the night? I really enjoyed what we saw with the main event. I really enjoyed what we saw with Thunder Rosa and Queen Aminata and John Moxley and Shane Taylor. So we did have a lot of good matches today, but I think this one was probably one of the better matches of the night, uh, in my opinion, because here's the thing, like Daniel Garcia has gotten pretty over following since the Continental Classic. The Continental Classic, him being in it, like really benefited Daniel Garcia a whole lot. But him going up against Buddy Matthews, this was cool because FTR was out there. And Daniel Garcia seemed like, for a second that he couldn't actually go head to head with Buddy Matthews, right? Because Buddy Matthews was showing a lot of his power, a lot of his strength. But FTR basically told Daniel Garcia to get in there and to out wrestle him. So that's what he did. He went in there. He hit a pile driver on the ring apron. He does a figure four um, on the ring post. He does a sharpshooter in the ring. He just goes in there and just tries to out-wrestle Buddy Matthews. And there's people chanting, this is awesome. Eventually, he, uh, he Daniel Garcia gets the win in this matchup. And so all of that, all of what they did here was really, really entertaining. But it ended up in this sort of chaotic fashion. So... Immediately after Daniel Garcia captured this victory, the House of Black went in there and just started attacking Daniel Garcia. And so FTR went in there too, since they were there too. And so all of a sudden you get House of Black, FTR, they're all fighting. And then before you know it, like half the locker room comes out and they start trying to separate all of these guys. And they're really not able to, it really looks like it almost looks like everybody's brawling, but they're not. It was just them trying to separate these two teams. And so that was really cool. I love the way that they played this off. Like this has been probably the most intriguing story that they've been telling on Collision with the House of Black and FTR. And that's what I was talking about earlier, like wanting to see more stories. I know that when I tune into Collision, I'm going to be seeing House of Black and FTR. And that's really kind of it for me. But I think that they should obviously amplify that a little bit more. But Roderick Strong... Uh, excuse me not Roderick Strong I was almost skipping ahead but excuse me FTR and Daniel Garcia made an announcement in the back that we're actually going to be getting a pretty cool match next week it is a trios T steel cage match between the House of Black and FTR versus Daniel Garcia and it's going to be elimination style so damn look 
let's be real. Next week, they're going to be competing against the Royal Rumble, guys. A lot of people, including myself, are probably not going to be tuning into Collision because we're going to be watching the Royal Rumble rumble so they definitely had to put something good on this card uh for the people that are choosing to either make time to watch aw collision live or to watch it afterwards you gotta put something good on the show because let's be real everyone's gonna be watching the rumble or at least a good majority of the people are gonna be watching the royal rumble uh so this one's kind of like trying to compete against the hot girl uh trying to compete against the prom queen next week so um they have a tough challenge but they definitely did good by announcing this match a week in advance and making it interesting with the steel cage element with the elimination element all of that so i'm pretty sure if you guys tune in next week for collision you're going to see a really good matchup here so this is one that I'm going to try to make sure that I at least go out of my way to watch that particular matchup because I feel like that one's going to be a good one. And you know, FTR, they go out there and they have bangers. So I'm looking forward to that. We got Johnny here who says, um, your thoughts on Tony Khan bringing back the rankings. So I kind of spoke about this earlier, but um, just to rehash, my thoughts on this were good because... Again, even though we, the people that have been following AEW, I feel like for the most part, we've been keeping up with who's been winning, who's been losing, um, because we care about it. We care about who wins and loses. We care about the outcome of a wrestling match. So I feel like the fans were always subconsciously, subconsciously doing that. But now that they're sort of reinforcing it more and maybe talking about it more the way that they used to, where they used to put up the weekly rankings. I think that that just makes it a lot better because the fans will care even more. Like if you stopped caring or you cared a little bit less, uh, bringing back the rankings will definitely matter. And I also hope that it helps with seeing talent more consistently on the show because there's times where we just don't see certain people. And I think that kind of sucks. So getting people to uh, getting their records, getting wins and losses, and that actually counting, you're going to want to see certain people more on the show frequently. And so I'm very happy that they're bringing the rankings back. It just feels authentic to who and what AEW is. So I'm, I'm excited for that. Uh, thank you so much to Johnny for the super chat, by the way. I appreciate that, man. All right. So, Roderick Strong versus Matt Seidel. There's not really much I want to say about this, guys. This was a straightforward win for Roderick Strong. Um, Matt Seidel has sort of been, you know, sort of reduced to like this enhancement talent type of situation. So a decent little match there, but nothing much else that I want to add to that. Um, that was really everything else that we spoke about for today was really the um, – focus, I would say, are the things that really mattered on Collision. So either way, good show for today. Enjoyed it. Uh, glad that we had a lot of good wrestling on the show because I think that is one of the things that when Collision first started, people really wanted to see something different from Dynamite, but also really shine through with the pro wrestling and just going through a lot of matches. That's not to say that Dynamite doesn't do that because we get a lot of really good matches on Dynamite too, but I don't know. Collision just had a little bit of a different type of feel to it when it first started. I feel like it's definitely changed from what we were first seeing with Collision and that could probably be because CM Punk's not there anymore. Who the hell knows? Um, but I hope that we do get back to the collision that we were sort of seeing in the beginning when this whole thing first started. But I thought today overall was a good show because you had a lot of people you cared about on the show. Your Brian Danielsons, your John Moxley's, Eddie Kingston's, uh, Thunder Rosa, uh, all of these people that you actually care about on the show 
just make it matter so much more. Like when they don't have star, like real big stars on the show, you can tell, you can feel it. And so for that reason, that was something that I did enjoy for today that we had big names on the show and they were all doing something. So that was it, guys. That was AEW Collision. Before I go, next week is Royal Rumble week. There is tons happening uh, in the world of professional wrestling and tons happening here on the channel. I will be here on Tuesday to chat about NXT. Wednesday, I'm going to be doing a... um. Royal Rumble prediction show and then I'm still going to be doing AEW Dynamite coverage with Reg Wednesday night and then finally Thursday I'm flying out to Tampa to Tampa. I'm flying out to Tampa on Thursday and so I will be there from Thursday through Monday actually in Tampa because WWE is doing a lot of media events. I was actually going to leave on Sunday and I was going to be back home Sunday morning, but then I found out they're doing something else. And so, you know, I decided to stay an extra day. Um, so I will be there uh, an extra day for media events and whatnot. So I'm really looking forward to it. There's a lot of cool stuff that's going to be happening for Royal Rumble weekend. So keep an eye out here on the channel. And in the meantime, do not forget to check out uh, my Dustin Rhodes interview. I think that one's really good and deserves more love because it is so freaking good. All right, guys, that's it for today. I'll see you guys back here on Tuesday for NXT. And if you haven't already, do not forget to follow or leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.